The content provided in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. We are not making recommendations, nor are we providing financial analysis of any kind. We are self-proclaimed morons and should not be trusted with your investments. Always conduct your own research and consult with a qualified financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Stock Gamblers from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I am George Howell. And from Wallingford, Pennsylvania, I am Chris Carbonara. We're uh we're we're rich. We have music now. Music! I love music. Music's fun. I love music too. Music's the uh, best. It's the band. Hey band, I'm waving to the band right now. Right? <laughs> no. We gotta make, thank, we gotta make up a name. Playing us in now. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> we gotta make make up a name for the band, you know. Like the desperate we can't any for, we, we can't afford any more of you. The, the Stock Gambler Band, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Stock Gamblers. Uh, we had an interesting fun. We had a good week, I think. I, I, we had a good weekend anyway. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. We were uh, we were both at the shore closing up our, uh, our crappy campers. And uh, I don't know. I... Our had a modular time. homes. Our modular homes. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're we're so rich we can afford dilapidated module <laughs> modular <Yes>. homes. <laughs> yes. And we had to do the whole uh, winterizing fun. You know that's always good. But uh, it was it was nice weather down there. It was really nice, and we had some quality drinking time at our favorite uh, local brewery. And then that ended up becoming a uh, let's get some beer to go. And then it became a hey let's stop by and get some sushi. Then it became, let's have a fire. Then it became, let's play Mario Kart until we pass out. So it was a good yeah. weekend. It was, yeah. It was fun. Did all that. <laughs> so what? I have jumping a story. Right? Okay, go ahead. Oh, you I have, a, have story. a story for you. All right, let's go. I want story time. The other day I went into Rite Aid. Oh. One, one of the stores that are not closing from their, okay. their, uh, their resettlement or restructuring. And my wife and I, uh, we, we both got flu shots. And um, while we were at the pharmacy going through all the paperwork and everything, signing up for all the all the shots we were getting, I look over and I, I start dying laughing to myself but trying to maintain composure and mm-hmm. and not uh, you know draw attention to anything. But as soon as the, the pharmacist walks away, I, I point to the wall. And on the wall are sex toys and they have they have the craziest names like tush push is like the one for the the one for the butt and and like all kinds of different vibrators and like you know they're they're vibrant colors they they draw easy attention to them and i I just I, i could not believe that while you're at the pharmacy counter Right there next to your face are, is a wall of sex toys. See, that, that that's like raises the bar because, you know, 20, 25 years ago was embarrassing, at least, you know, when I was younger, to right. go in and to buy condoms. 
you know? That right. was always like, I mean, what's and then, the worst that can happen, right? And then if you're <laughs> but, buying lube, if you're buying lube, oh, I think they're going to make an announcement over the over the intercom. Hey, everybody, there's a pervert seven. in the store. Pervert in <laughs> pervert the store buying lube. Everyone check out the pervert in the store. He's buying so, the lube with the with the glitter in it. <laughs> right. Oh, it's flavored. <laughs> so it, it just it blows my mind that now at the counter when you're getting your shot, there's a a toy, a phallic toy right in your face. But is that something? Are they trying to? Uh, I don't know. Save themselves from bankruptcy? Hey, I know what they're doing. Obviously, Let's sell vibrators. <laughs> obviously, they're trying to make money. Yeah, they're they're trying to bring anything they can into differentiate themselves from other pharmacies i guess honey could you pick up my ozempic and a vibrator while you're out (laughs) (laughs) next week instead of those big wavy arm wavy arm blow up things outside the car dealership there's going to be like a big blow up doll waving their hands blowing up and down People standing outside dressed like the Rite Aid logo or dressed like whatever they have a mascot. Come on in. Come with, on in. With really big surprise, open mouth surprises on their face. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. I need so, a So, back to the one. shore. Warren Z. While, while we were at the shore. Okay. Uh, I Have you have you seen... Um, oh, what's the movie? It's... Um, oh, I need... I need to think about the name of this movie. It's driving me crazy. Um, the oh crap! The unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, no, but I want to see it. It's uh, Nick Cage, right? Nick Cage. Yeah, I, I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was worth all of the uh, the critics' praise uh, that it got. Mm-hmm. The credits had a Warren Zevon song on it. So it got me in the mood to listen to Warren Zevon. And as I was talking before about our dilapidated trailers, <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, the, the, they're not really dilapidated, but they're not, you know, portions of it are nice, but they're not. They've like, seen better days. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> as old as I am. Um, so my, my trailer doesn't have a great shower in it. So I go to the bathhouse that you're aware of that's across right. the street from mm-hmm. your, your trailer. Um, but that, that's where I take a shower when I'm there at the campsite in like the college dorm style showers. So I'm, uh, I'm walking to the bathhouse, which is like a half a mile from my, my trailer and it's a full moon and I'm, I'm in the mood to listen to some Warren Zevon. Uh, so I, I, I'm playing that while I'm taking a shower Mm-hmm. And I, I guess water hit my watch, and I forgot to lock the screen before I got in the shower, and it changed the song to Werewolves in London. <laughs> on its own. On, on on a creepy full moon, dark and cold <laughs> night, and and yeah, on its own. I'm taking a shower, and Werewolves in London comes on. I'm thinking this <laughs> this is the part in the horror movie where I would die. <laughs> it said, "Avoid the moors. Stay off the moors." <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, it's right. funny you said that about Warren Zevon, though, because I've been on a Warren Zevon kick, and um, one of my favorite, favorite songs of his could never, ever be written these days. It's uh, Excitable Boy, which I love that song. I just think it has 
I love the background vocals. I love the, just the way it's arranged. But, you know, that whole verse about taking Susie to the prom and then, you know, what happens after that. If you don't know, look up the song, but I ain't going to talk about it. But it's not a song that'll be written these days because it's such a cheery, he was just an excitable boy, you know, and it, but the words are horrific. And I just love that song so much. <laughs> that and Lawyers, Guns, and Money, too. But, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> All right, well, that is going to bring us to um, the, the recap on the, uh, the news from last week. Take it away. Yes, U.S. job claims recently dropped to a nine-month low of 198,000, indicating minimal layoffs and a resilient labor market. The decline, which surpassed econo- economist expectations, brought new unemployment claims below the 200,000 threshold for the first time since mid-January. While the economy continues to grow and businesses maintain demand, there are signs of a cooling labor market with slower hiring and wage growth. That Following is, up uh, on WeWork. <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go. Go, go. Following up on WeWork, once valued at $47 billion, is preparing to file for bankruptcy as early as next week, signaling a dramatic turnaround for the flexible office space provider. The New York-based company is considering filing for Chapter 11 protection in New Jersey after missing interest payments to bondholders, which initiated a 30-day grace period. WeWork has been grappling with substantial lease obligations, financial challenges, and a shift in office real estate market, leading to the decision after a period of decline from its previous status as a venture capital black star. Uh, WeWork is really interesting because, like I mentioned last week, that they were uh, they were funded by SoftBank, mm-hmm. and it is incredible how much they have fallen from grace. It was like as soon as the the CEO either left or got pushed out, I think he retired and and made his wife CEO, and then uh, everyone started peeling back the curtain to find out how uh, how much money that they did not have accounted for in their business model. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but uh, it, they weren't the cash cow that everyone thought they were going to be. And, and now they're in, headed into bankruptcy. So crazy. Mm. That's what uh, I wouldn't expected that. All right. Next. Moving on like to stock that. news. Moving on to stock news. In early October, Mexican airport operators, including Grupo Aeroportario del Pacifico, faced a significant challenge as the Mexican government announced an unexpected increase in concession fees from 5% to 9% starting in 2024. This unexpected change raised concerns about its potential impact on the profitability of airport operators in Mexico, including PAC, Grupo Aeroportario del Pacifico, known for its robust profitability with consistently high EBITDA margins exceeding 60% and a strong net income margins, but the tariff hike threatens its bottom line. The uncertainty surrounding the financial repercussions of this tariff adjustment has left investors apprehensive. Many fear that it might force GAP, which is the acronym for the company, to cut its dividends, a possibility not disputed by the company's management during a recent earnings call. Furthermore, the broader context of the Mexican government's actions, such as handing control of Mexico City's international airports to the military, has raised concerns about the future relationship between private airport operators and the government. This uncertain environment has prompted the stock advisor team to exercise caution. 
placing Grupo Aeroportario del Pacifico in the penalty box. They are awaiting clarity on the financial impact of the tariff change to and closely monitoring the Mexican government's attitude towards private enterprises. This cautious approach could extend through the Mexican elections in June of 2024. So in summary, this unexpected increase in concession fees by the Mexican government has cast a shadow of uncertainty over Grupo Aeroportuario del Pacifico's financial outlook. While the company has a history of strong profitability, the tariff hike has raised concerns about potential dividend cuts and the evolving relationship between private airport operators and the Mexican government, prompting the stock advisors, our buddies at Motley Fool, to exercise caution and put this recommendation on hold. So it is in the penalty box. All right. The Wall Street Journal has just put out an article called what makes this market correction so confusing? So we, we have it. It's, it's officially <laughs> called a market correction. The bubble has popped. Um, the article discusses various simplifications and exaggerations in trying to explain <laughs> the recent stock market correction. It mentions four simplifications attributing the correction to Federal Reserve and rising bond yields, linking it to the possibility of a recession, suggesting the R word again, suggesting it's due to the conflict in the Middle East and claiming it's a natural correction due to the expensive stock valuations. The article argues that while each of these factors may explain some individual stock movements, they don't provide a comprehensive explanation for the overall market correction, which is likely influenced by a combination of these factors. So you and I have been studying this or watching this for for months now um there has been no rhyme or reason to the way the market is moving in any way shape or form people are turning on companies week to week um i imagine if you have any sort of insight at all this is a day trader's dream Mm -hmm. with the amount of fluctuation but no one can predict anything no 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 (laughs) i mean i'm i'm i guess i'm pleasantly surprised that they're calling it a correction i mean i don't know how to feel about that because we had a correction like a year ago and i don't know what else to call it because we've been calling it this like crazy way the stock has been acting and we we go corrects itself in one direction doesn't it (laughs) correction doesn't go up and down and up and down for the past i mean this is what the 13th episode that we've done this show and i would say for at least like the last 11 of them 12 of them that uh our, our recap article is pretty much like, oh, there's going to be a recession. There's no longer going to be a recession. There's going to be a recession. There's no longer going to be a recession. The labor market Stocks are is tanking. Great. The labor Stocks are rising. Uh, like, our recap is just a reverse opinion of the, the previous week, every exactly. single week. Right. Yeah. And we're not so. getting rich off it, but uh, the other prognosticators are. <laughs> well, they're getting they're getting paid to do their prognostication. Right. That, that, that's it. That's that's the whole. That's what it boils down to. Hey, by the way, Spotify's third quarter results exceeded expectations, showcasing a 26% growth in active users, a 16% increase in paying subscribers, and a 17% year-over-year revenue growth, with operating profits of over 30 million dollars. The company's success can be attributed to price increases, of course, and a more favorable advertising environment resulting in improved gross margins. Despite potential challenges in average returns per user, 
Spotify's focus on premium subscribers and the addition of audiobooks to its offerings are seen as strategies to drive long-term profitability and pricing power. The they're US, just adding. They're just it. adding audiobooks. Uh, they added audiobooks, but there's a limit to it where they give you like 10 or 15 hours of oh, listening okay. on audiobooks per month, okay. and then after that, you have to pay an additional ten dollars for. Of course. 10 more hours or something. I don't know how it works. Uh, Spotify, um, they, uh, they've been having some issues like we pointed out before where mm -hmm. artists are now upset. Not like they haven't been before, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think their stock is going back up to the, um, the, the COVID beginning of COVID days. So yeah. I, I'm questioning how that company is going to continue to bring more revenue in. No, I can see that. The U.S. retirement savings system has grown to $39 trillion post-COVID, but nearly half of American families still lack a retirement plan and participation rates have stagnated since 2001. Despite the rise of 401ks and similar plans over the past four decades, retirement security remains elusive for many middle and lower income individuals who may have been better served by traditional pensions. The 401k system, while beneficial for some, has its flaws and there is a call for reform such as mandatory employer retirement plans and measures to enhance coverage and stability. I was under the impression before that uh, at least by this point in time, every full-time employer had to automatically opt people in at 5% 401ks. Not that I think that that fills the gap, but um, I, I mean, are you... Are you surprised that private business tried to uh, lower the amount of money no. that they would have to put into so-called pensions and or retirement plans? No, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm dis disappointed, of course. Like, I think my company is a minimum 4%, I think. So I don't know if that okay. means, that, as you were alluding to, I don't know if that means that, 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 if, that they have to provide that, that they have to do that. Is that what you were implying, that companies have to do that? Like I was can... I was under the impression, and, and it might not be five percent, but maybe three percent. I don't remember what it was, but, but they have I, to I was have under their... the impression that the government requires all employers to okay. automatically enroll people into a matching program. Okay, okay. Now I could tell you, um, I did something dumb yesterday. I looked at my four hundred one k for the first time in about six or seven months because I used to obsessively look at it, and now I'm trying not to obsessively look at it. Um, beginning of the year, it was, looked like it was actually recovering, right? Cause it had dropped like 30,000 over the pandemic, right? I checked it yesterday down $62,000. I was like shocked down 62,000. You know, every, every time you and I work together, you lose a boatload of money in your 401k. Mm -hmm. Cause yep. the last time that we worked together was like 2008 and, uh, -huh. I remember you talking about how you were losing forty thousand dollars. That was or the crash. Was. That was the big crash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that came back, which is fantastic. But now you're it losing go it back again. now. Yeah, now I'm losing. But you know what? The way I look at it, and I've had this conversation. We've talked about this before. It's fake money until you cash it in. I mean, it's <laughs> it's almost like it's arbitrary. You know, like it's it's just out there in the ether. You know, it's like, yeah. um, and then all of a sudden, you're like. Okay, now I'm going to start cashing in, and so now the interest rates are going to matter. Whereas before, it was like, eh, 
right. tune in two right. more weeks from now if it's too low. But you know, they they ain't got no morons. So. Yeah. Speaking of morons. Speaking of morons, this 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 speaks to me, man. So a charity run thrift store in Wales. I would love to hear the actual actual quote in the Welsh accent. <laughs> but a charity run thrift store in Wales is asking its supporters not to donate used sex toys. Tying into the Rite Aid story. So here is the best quote you're going to hear all week. This is from the uh, the runner, the, the director of the um, shelter, whatever you would call it. Could those of you who kindly donate please be mindful that we are a children's-run charity, and as of such, we have a rage of angels on our wonderful volunteer team. We therefore ask that you refrain from donating your used and unused marital aids. Then they go on to say that they have cameras set up so they can see who actually drops them off. However, there is no word yet if there are problems in their blow-up doll aisle as well. So we'll have to get back to you on that one. But I'm just trying to imagine somebody saying, you know, honey, haven't used this, uh, haven't used the, um, I got to think of a good name for it, haven't used the Black Stallion in like six months. So, uh, <laughs> I think we should uh, donate it to somebody who needs it, somebody who, who can get more out of it than we can. So Amazes me. they don't want the unused ones either. They I guess because it's a children's thing, you know. I mean, you don't want them like looking at it, still in the packaging, thinking it's a laser gun or something like that, you know. Mommy, look, look what I got, you know. <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm guessing, or maybe the employees can take the unused ones at least. So but we uh, we have to me, uh, you have to be a moron to actually like donate used sex toys to Goodwill. <laughs> I, I'm Sorry. wondering why they are saying that they have cameras. I mean, like they're they're not threatening to post pictures of the people putting, you know, the dildo in the box or anything. Or, I know. I know. Um, they, they think shame because you know that you know the the Brits can still be a little, you know, proper, prim. Uh, but then again, the Welsh are a little bit different. I I think in the UK, uh, it it's pretty common. Everything you can think of is probably happening. <laughs> oh yeah, of course course but it just sounds better coming from their mouths <laughs> all right so there uh there's some proposed regulation changes the biden administration has proposed a rule aimed at protecting retirement savers from conflicts of interest during account rollovers the white house aims to crack down on junk fees and retirement planning which can significantly erode savings over time potentially reducing lifetime savings by up to 20 percent the proposed rule seeks to ensure that advisors prioritize clients' interest over their own while providing advice on rolling over 401k plans into individual retirement accounts, IRAs, addressing concerns that advisors may steer investors into products that benefit them with higher commissions, even if those products aren't in the investor's best interest. However, critics argue that the proposal might limit access to advice for lower and middle income savers by reducing the number of advisors willing to work for them. There, there we go again. We're, we're protecting the people by making sure that the fees can remain outrageous because if we don't gouge them of their money, if, if, if they can't put in a hundred dollars and only walk away with 60, how are they going to have any way of investing available? We're not going to want to work with them anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to work with them if they're not going to walk away with less than what they put in. So we're we're doing them a favor, looking out for their best interest by oh our, our exorbitant God. fees. Uh, it's it's funny because because <laughs> hearing that, 
it was almost like a no duh from the beginning. You know, it yeah. was like, oh, we're just going to make sure that they don't basically steal everything they, you know, everything out from under you, and we're going to make sure that even after they steal it, they're not going to be laughing at you while they're stealing it from you. And then at the very end, if we can't <laughs> keep forty percent on the dollar, then they're going to walk away with a hundred percent of their dollars. How is that investing? Why, why would we want that to happen? It's not investing if the money stays the same. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh my God. This this has been a big problem because a lot of people a lot of people are getting like really tricky with everything, where they'll have two separate companies when you walk into to invest with them. So they will meet with you as a fiduciary, and as a fiduciary, you're legally obligated. To only work it work in your client's best interest, so you come into me and you say, "Hey, I want I want a retirement plan." And I go, "I got you covered. I'm a fiduciary. You can trust me." And they pull out a second packet of paperwork that goes, "Hey, I'm a skeezy insurance salesman. And I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, sign you up for this other product that is not a fiduciary product. It's a regular investment product where I'm gonna take all of your money." That's amazing. I, I have heard of that happening before, too. I'm glad you brought that yeah. one up because I, I, I haven't heard that one in a long time. But it just it just points to how careful you have to be because you have somebody who is a fiduciary. But because they're selling you a product that's not. They're not accountable. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I don't worry about, about any of it because I keep all of my money under my mattress. Yes. Yes. I've seen that. It's, it's, it's a, <laughs> It's a hard sight, especially with all your old. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you almost. I, yeah, almost. <laughs> but speaking of close. Oh, the time. Welcome to Roll Them Dice, the dicey segment where we take five randomly chosen publicly traded companies and we add them to our virtual market portfolio to see how they perform. Our success comes down to a choice that we make in the moment. So, are you ready to play Roll Them Dice? I'm ready. Okay, good deal. I'm glad that you're ready. The first stock that we are going to talk about, whether or not you will or will not add it to your online portfolio. We've mentioned this before on the show, Mattel Inc. Yes. Don't guess okay. me why. Just Yes. <laughs> I say yes. Well, the whole Barbie thing, you know. I Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Texas Instruments Incorporated. No. Okay. Uh, why not? Mm, I don't really know of any big big innovations that have come from them in, in a while. But it could be because I'm not looking. Uh, I haven't needed a graphic calculator in a long time. But <laughs> That's I, what I was uh, thinking I of. Would, I would think that they probably have some kind of military hardware somewhere that's about to get dropped on uh, on some parts of Israel, either uh, for or against, yeah, uh, or both, either yeah. side. So I'm 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 thinking that's going to cause the the stock to go up. Okay. Ralph Lauren Corporation. Uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm a, I, I like Ralph Lauren, generally speaking. Okay. I uh, I don't think that that stock is going to go anywhere in the uh, meantime. So uh, no. Marvell Technology Group Limited. No. 
You have no idea know. what they are. Do you? <laughs> Except, hey, it's a random stock. Sure, I don't. I, am, I also have no idea who they are, and I say no. Fort Annette. Fortinet. F O R T I N E T. I've never heard of them. Carbo, yes or no? I say yes because it's a cybersecurity company. Really? <laughs> I just learned that two seconds ago. You you can't cheat. We <laughs> oh, you look it up after you, you give your answer. You never said I couldn't do that. You never um, said I couldn't do that. Because I have no idea and I'm an idiot and um, my choices are usually wrong, I said yes. <laughs> but you're less of an idiot than me. Eh, we're about the same. We both said yes. <laughs> Okay. So, um, hey you, fellow hey, listener, we're uh, we're quite parched and could use a little pick me up. Would you uh, would you consider buying us a cup of coffee? Because uh, if you're if you're feeling generous, you can subscribe subscribe to our show at Patreon.com/slash/StockGamblers and get in on our uh, our money market exchange for a virtual stock market game, and you could. Put the metal up against us for uh, to see if you can choose better stocks than we can. We're uh, we are just starting our new round of the stock market exchange. You can get in Ooh. right now and start in on a new playing field against us with a hundred thousand fake dollars to yes. to try and give us a run. So uh, consider that, and um, that will be it for that segment. Looks like we're moving on over to our buddies. Moving on over. So we'll check in with our ex- with the experts and uh, see what picks they have. Carbo, would you like to tell us about Motley Fools? Sure. Our friends over at the Motley Cruels haven't been making their weekly recommendations. They didn't make one this week. But this is a stock that they've leaned hard on in the past, and it looks like they are still kind of all in on it. Ariston Networks, a networking hardware provider, experienced a significant boost in its stock price, surging by 14% to 200.88 in after-hours trading following a robust third-quarter earnings report. The company's Q3 revenue saw a remarkable 28% year-over-year increase, reaching $1.5 billion surpassing analyst estimates. Adjusted earnings per share also outperform expectations, rising by 46% to 1.83. The CEO, Jayshri Yulal, attributed this success to strong demand across various sectors, including enterprise, cloud, and artificial intelligence. Arista's networking hardware is particularly suited for AI workloads, capitalizing on the growing demands for AI-capable hardware even in a year marked by a slowdown in cloud computing. Arista's key customers, Microsoft and Meta platforms, are heavily invested in AI, which has further propelled the company's growth. Arista expects its total revenue to increase by at least 30% for the year, driven in part by its AI-driven momentum. Furthermore, the company demonstrated improved financial metrics with adjusted gross margin increasing by nearly 2 percentage points to 63.1% in quarter three and disciplined cost management pushing adjusted operating margins up by more than 5% points down to 46.1. While there is potential for margin pressure if cloud spending slows down, the sustained demand for AI hardware suggests a promising outlook for Ariston Networks. Back to you, you George. Will you be adding either of those to your portfolio? 
You know, I actually was considering Arista off and on for a while, um, and then it kind of slipped off my radar. But with this recent article by them, I think I'm going to look back into it. It was one that they were kind of like always pushing and then stop pushing, then always pushing kind of up and down. A little bit like Shopify. It's in one of their one of their key um, uh, articles that they try to sell, try to get customers in that one. They use one of their AI disruption articles to try to get you to buy into the uh, the Motley uh, Fool team. Well, they are they are big disruptors. <laughs> they they clearly make more money than anyone. They, they uh, disrupted Barron's my wallet. left everyone high and dry this week as well. They, uh, they all they have left as their newest pick is the the BMW uh, that we oh, yeah. talked about last week. So uh, nothing new there. That takes us to our picks for the week. Oh, Carbo, yeah. what uh, what Come do you on. have? Well, let me tell you, my first pick is for all those out there that are looking for love or, or maybe something like that, maybe lust. Match Group Incorporated engages in dating apps such as Match, OkCupid, okay Plenty of Fish, and of course, George's favorite, Tinder. They are currently down this year by about 20%, but at really just 35 bucks a share, you'd have to be a lonely, desperate fool not to look at acquiring at least a few of these shares. Dating apps aren't really going anywhere for a while, but it does beg the question, where do they go from here? Now for my second pick, I'm going to stay in the M family with Massimo. Massimo engages in the development, manufacture, and marketing of patient monitoring technologies. This California company is down roughly 28% this year, but generally they've been trending upward since fall of 2016. They have been a darling of the Motley Cruels and have been recommended several times over by them. But despite this, I'm sticking with them as a pick. Back to you, George. Uh, funny, I, I've used a lot of those products from Match Group uh, unsuccessfully. Um, I well, successfully, right? No, not really. You got married. No. I, I had a few dates off of them, but uh, yeah, I no, never really. Oh, uh, I thought you met your wife on Tinder. Luck. Uh, my wife and I met online, but just through happen happenstance, oh, not through dating. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. I was. I yeah, was we known. we met in a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I think it's funny how. I don't know if it's sneaky or clever that they are that they have match, OK Cupid, plenty of fish, and Tinder, all with separate logins, and you mm -hmm. have no idea they're all affiliated with each other. You know, they're they're almost a monopoly with all that. Mm -hmm. Like the only one I can think of um that has any notoriety other than that is eHarmony. Oh, other? there was the other one. There was the one for um for people specifically for people that have affairs. Um it was oh, named, uh, after, named after somebody. Gloria something or I forget what it was called. Something Madison. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ashley yeah, yeah, Madison. That one, that one. Ashley Madison, yeah. Gloria, where the hell did I get that from? But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, they they got sued because yep. uh, uh, of all the fake accounts on it, and mm -hmm. it was like what ninety percent men. They were all yeah, and the only other accounts were bots or you know like, hi, you are cute. Reply to my ad, you know, one of those yeah. things. <laughs> buy buy fifteen thousand credits to respond to me. <laughs> yes, and then we'll have lots of conversations, and then they never reply. <laughs> right. Yeah. As soon as you put in your money. Exactly. 
Uh, my pick for the week is Snap. Snap Ooh. exceeded financial expectations, reporting Q3 earnings of two cents per share and a revenue of $1.19 billion. The company expects Q4 sales to range between $1.32 billion and $1.38 billion, but is withholding official guidance due to uncertainties surrounding the Middle East conflict, uh, which plays into their advertising revenue. Snap announced a stock repurchase program of up to $500 million and has $3.6 billion in cash, equivalents, and marketable securities as of September 30th, 2023. Additionally, amidst positive growth, the company undertook substantial cost-cutting measures and its Snapchat Plus subscription service reached 5 million subscribers. Uh, this is a stock that is sub-$10 range. Hmm. Um, but it has been below that range for quite a while. Uh, I do think though that with, uh, this here and their, their giant cash reserve on top of, uh, advertising money becoming relevant again, because there was a, a period where advertising money had not been coming in for just about every company. I, I think they're poised to maybe take a turn for the better. Hmm, nice. And I mean, it's still popular too. Yeah, product is. which blows my mind because I don't know what to use it for other than making goofy pictures of yourself. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's a generational thing. It really is. <laughs> I'm too old. I'm too old to understand the kids these days. By God, gum it. All right. Oh, I'm gonna hear this. That, that's gonna wrap it up. Thank you for joining us on Stock Gamblers. Stock Gamblers is hosted, written, and produced by Chris Carbonara and George Howell. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters like Don Rayom. You make this show possible. To write us, you can email us at stockgamblersshow at gmail.com. You can find out more information about our show at stockgamblers.net, including where you can subscribe to our podcast and where you can provide a one-time donation. If you find value in our show, please consider joining our Patreon for just $5 a month. Just $5 a month. A cup of coffee for each of us. You can help support us and gain access to our bonus content, as well as test your stock skills by playing against us in our virtual stock market exchange. Thank you for listening and gambling. gambling. This has been a Winning Moon production.